Zero. All engines running. Commit. Liftoff. Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It's not Thursday. It's not an interview day. And you ask, why is Brad not talking? Or why is David Gray not talking? Well, Brad is on the road with his mother-in-law up to Chicago somewhere. So say a prayer for Brad. And uh, David Gray, my other trusty sidekick, um, is somehow indisposed. I I will find out soon enough, I guess, uh, why he's not here. Uh, But he's on his way. I know that. And uh, he will be here shortly. Now, I'm wel- I'm uh, happy to welcome you to SWAT Radio today. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And I'm excited you're able to join us today. Every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we go over uh, our Bible study uh, passage that we covered the previous week in the SWAT Bible study. SWAT Radio actually spawned from the SWAT Bible studies about six and a half years ago. And uh, we Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we cover the passage that we covered the previous week in the Bible study. And then Thursday's guest day. And then Friday, usually it's David Gray uh, and Brad Sykes who are uh, discussing the practical outworking of the text and the, the principles that we draw out. And then um, uh, they do that on Friday. On Thursdays, like I said, is guest day. This week we were supposed to have Daryl Harrison of the Just Thinking podcast, uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately for his his mom, his mom's with Jesus now, and just like my mom, she passed this week. So remember Daryl Harrison and uh, his family as they grieve the loss of his mom. Pray for him uh, and his family. But uh, we're, we're going to have his sidekick, Virgil Walker, is going to be on. Virgil and Daryl do the Just Thinking podcast it is a phenomenal podcast. Uh, you can go to their website. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But Virgil, also known as Omaha, uh, is uh, going to be with us tomorrow in uh, Daryl's place. And he and Daryl do such a good job on that podcast. And they, their their latest podcast, they talk about spiritual warfare, which if you're a spiritual warrior trying to advance truth, it'd be a good thing to know. So uh, I'm glad we're going to have him. And then on Friday, we're going to have David Gray and a past guest of ours who's a former pastor, Jerry Roush. Jerry is going to be with David in the studio Friday. Uh, Jerry is like the pa- pastor of Mayberry, RFD. I mean, he is like from Andy Griffith. He is a great pastor, and he's a good friend, and uh, he's a really good guy, and you are going to be encouraged. And um, David just uh, came rushing in. He, I guess he just he fell asleep while he was watching a Seinfeld episode or something. But I think he, I pulled a hammy running up here. <laughs> you Take a deep breath. We're good. We're good. Uh, I'm glad you're okay. I was a little concerned that you might – be rushing and speeding or something so i'm i'm glad you got here okay never what i was struck by though was and you're probably the same in your family my parents never had more than one car in their lives and we have gone a few days we can barely go a few days without two cars my (laughs) wife and i 
So, yeah, that is a factor here in my lateness, but it is good to be here. Well, it's good to have you here. Uh, the uh, that's right, your car um went broke down when you went to the comedy club the other yeah day. we had a or we a had a little thing. little issue and fortunately uh we got that worked out and we got it we had to have my wife's vehicle towed home always nice to have AAA, and uh we are still in the process of uh getting the repairs done so mm-hmm. we've been scrambling a little bit well uh well you didn't let me know about it we might could have helped you out a little bit man <laughs> Um, uh, well, anyway, I'm glad you're in here. Things going on in the news. I don't know, David, if you caught it, but, um, there is, uh, uh, um, I, the, well, it's, it's a, a moment where, uh, some conservative Anglicans broke away from the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, over the blessing of same sex unions, Mm -hmm. um, Justin Welby is now the Archbishop of Canterbury, and uh, it's kind of like the head of the Anglican Church, right? right? Yep. And so, but it, it's a pretty big thing because uh, there are conservative Anglicans within that denomination um, who, and they, they've been arguing this issue for years. I mean, this is not something new, but when the head guy says, hey, it's okay, we're going to do this, uh, the people a lot of people were upset about it and uh some of the most conservative um um you know uh, anglican uh, pastors are in africa they're very conservative yes. over there yes and so um and remember the church of england is a natch it's a national church and um and you know when you look at the united states uh you know, the Episcopal Church, the big national cathedral, isn't that Anglican up there or, or Episcopal? Yes, I believe yeah. so. And yep. so, uh, I, in fact, somebody shared yesterday or earlier this morning, I mean, that uh, they believe that's why Tucker Carlson got in trouble because he was speaking somewhere Friday night and he was making a lot of religious overtones in his comments and they think that really upset some people there. Hmm, I hadn't read that yet, yeah. but that's interesting. Well, because I don't know if you heard what he said, but he basically said the Episcopals are the Samaritans of our day. Hmm. I mean, they're just kind of not really there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so, but uh, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, I mean, th- this is big. I mean, when he says, it's okay, we're going to bless this, we're going to go against God's word. And, you know, we've been talking about truth. It's not internal. It's it's something outside of us. Uh, it's rational. And and yet churches are now, or, or at least what I would say organizations that call themselves churches uh, are going against God's word. So I don't know how you can justify being a church when you refuse to follow the word of God. Well, we mentioned in, in recent programs we've alluded a couple of times to to Dietrich Bonhoeffer and uh, his his term cheap grace the idea that we can just claim Jesus as savior but not seek don't think we have to be changed and be obedient right we've mm-hmm. been talking about obedience a lot and when you say that about the archbishop of canterbury and and other other church organizations or or organizations claiming to be churches as you said going against scripture 
And this is not... Well, yeah, well it's not even just... It's, it's blessing yes. something that Scripture prohibits. Right. And this is not an interpretation issue. This is not a minor issue. You know, we know the term major on majors and minor on minors. This is not a minor thing like, you know, no. dunking baptism versus infant baptism. Not that that's minor, but that's an issue that people have different interpretations about. This is taking something that God clearly calls wrong and saying... We're going to bless it to your point. But anyway, back to Bonhoeffer, it reminded me of when the German national church, if you will, under Hitler, started to capitulate yep. and started to um, you know, change its tune and go against what, what God says in his word in order to appease the government. And, and go along with what the government said. And Bonhoeffer, and I forget, I forget the terms they used. I'll look it up here at the break. But they, 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 the, the national church was called one thing, and, and, and uh, Bonhoeffer called their church something else, uh, which, was the, which was the true church. And, um, you know, I, it, the conservatives who are going against the archbishop reminds me of that situation. Well, here's the thing. Ten... Of the 42 arch uh, provinces in the Anglican Communion, so almost a fourth, uh, basically have signed a statement saying they no longer recognize Mr. Welby mm. as the leader of the global communion. They mm. don't. They don't recognize him anymore, and it's the first time in history that the archbishops' leadership has been rejected by such a large group. And because here's what's going on. The whole LGBTQ plus alphabet mafia, whatever, uh, revolution um, is is basically, it, it goes against every aspect of the Bible. Mm. From creation, that God created male and female now, because it's the trans are part of it, right? Or people that say they're trans. Um, the authority of God's word to say that this is the way it is. And, and the right of the creator to establish a design or an order of his creation, which is a, a way for us to live dictated by him, not by us. Mm -hmm. And it, it is really, it, it, it's like I heard a guy say the other day, you know what? If you want to live this lifestyle, it's like that guy on that uh, show. If you want to live this lifestyle, do it, but don't say that I have to say it's okay. Right. If you want to live this lifestyle, do it, but don't do it and say you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're following him and you think it's okay to live this lifestyle when his scripture clearly teaches that it is not a part of God's design. Right. right. And so um, anyway, I thought that was pretty big news. That and this group, that it, this group of conservative Anglicans will be labeled as hateful. Yes. They, they will, will be labeled as hateful. And that's, that's what we've been talking about. And that's what to your, the point you just made this idea of tolerance, right? It, it's no longer. Okay. You, I, I respect your right to believe what you want and do what you want, as long as it's not breaking the law of the land, but don't make me validate it. I don't have to validate now. If we don't validate, we're hateful. Yeah, but, but, but you know, David, if you would have come like, let's say, 40 years ago and said there's going to be a, a schism in the uh, Anglican church, there's going to be a division, you're going to have a bunch of churches break away, most people would have said it's over some theological issue. Right, right. It's over, like, the, the gifts or over, you know, uh, maybe uh, 
the uh, leadership, something in the way the leadership is, not over homosexuality, right. not over transgender ideology. Right. But that's where we've come to. Mm -hmm. And so now the church, or at least people that say they're part of the church and represent leadership in the church, are affirming these very things that God says, no, this is not my design. Mm -hmm. Paul says, such were some of you, but God changed you. Uh, so anyway, it's um, it was a pretty big thing. That is a big thing. Absolutely. Yep. Did you see the story about the, uh, I think it was in the Arizona House of Representatives about the- Somebody hiding Bibles. The, hide, the representative did. hiding the Bibles. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. They found them under, under couch cushions. They found one in a refrigerator. And these, these are Bibles, apparently, that have been there for time and memoriam. You know, they've always had Bibles there in this particular lounge. Uh, and, um, yeah, they caught somebody on a security camera. And not just like a worker. So they caught a representative. No, it was a representative. Yeah, hiding the Bibles. Yeah, I wonder so. what's going to happen to them. Probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, hey, I'm glad you made it here safe. And uh, I'm glad you're over there because you do the, go the outtakes better than I do. So anyway, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Uh, we are coming to break, I think. Uh, I are apologize. we on break? I am. I am oh, we got no, 30 seconds. No, we right. got a little bit of See, time. See, I'm all confused. No, You've no, got me I, discombobulated. I, I was going to come in saying the dog ate my homework. I ran out of gas, you know, throwing all the different excuses out there. But uh, we'll get it together here. We're glad you're with us on SWAT Radio, David Gray and Doug McCary. We are going to take our first break of the day and then come back and get back into our text of uh, Acts chapter 26, verses 19 to 32 and today we're going to talk about an, an evangelical or an evangelistic evangelistic obedience. evangelistic yeah, obedience evangelistic. that's right we'll be right back on SWAT radio this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week if you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Just how can you make a positive difference for Jesus Christ? Well, Pastor Greg Mott has thought a lot about that throughout his years of ministry. Today on Making Your Life Count, Greg shares what he has discovered. We all want to have purpose. We all want to have impact. We want to make a difference. But the first difference has to be made in you. Being a difference maker is not just doing nice things for people and just trying to be sweet. Being a difference maker is that you've placed your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ then the overflow of your life begins to be the difference that you make in somebody else's life. My mission statement is my call is to follow Christ. I'm going to follow Jesus. And then ministry or difference making, that's an overflow of my walk. So let God's love and grace overflow from your life into the lives of others. God can use you to make a difference as you share him with the people you meet.
the Florida Georgia Truth Network on the air in St. Mary's at 91.3. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary here on Wednesday, April 25th. Wow, April has flown we're, by. We're out of April almost, we, David. We I mean, almost, we will be in May next week. I know, man. I know. March always seems to take a little longer. Do you remember Remember the March, the first March of COVID? Oh. I remember getting a text from my sister that said, in case you've lost track, Today is March 90th. Oh, my. <laughs> because you, it seemed to take so gosh, long. Do you remember and, that? Do you remember we oh, couldn't go to the beach? Oh. We couldn't go anywhere. We had to, people, you'd walk by people on the sidewalk and they would look at you like you're, get away, get away. You know? I remember like, finally, so long ago. finally finding a package of toilet paper. And I, <laughs> I think, I think the brand was from like, uh, you know, somewhere in Antarctica or something like that. I had never heard of the brand before or since. So anyway, Mar- March always seems to drag I think the Chinese were behind that too, man. They just they they stopped production. It was it was you couldn't make that up. So Well, hey, we are in Acts 26 for if you're just tuning in every week, uh we go through um the 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 teaching of the Bible study the previous week and last week in our Bible study, uh, we have five Bible studies that meet, and we, we covered Acts 26, 19 through 32. And we're looking at Paul as Paul is making his defense. And his defense really is not about getting freedom for Paul. And that's why today's principle is so important. It's that God calls you and me to an evangelistic obedience. In other words, the reason we obey God, you know, we talked about this yesterday, David, about how there are people that say today, well, you don't have to keep the law. You know, you, you don't have to worry about following um, Jesus' commands. He did it all for you, and so he died, so you don't have to be burdened down with that legalistic stuff. A lot of people say that. But the truth is, if you live the same way you did before Christ supposedly came into your life and there's no life change what how in the world is somebody going to know you're different from the world around them mm-hmm. i mean and so the whole idea of christ changing you making you a new creation is you have this longing to obey him because of what he's done for you out of gratitude first of all and second so that when the world sees you they see somebody who represents his kingdom, not your kingdom. And so Paul had this evangelistic obedience that took all these obstacles and he turned them into opportunities. When he went before Festus, he went before Felix, he went before Agrippa. It was not about getting released. He wanted them to hear the gospel. Right. He wanted their hearts to be changed by Christ the way his heart was changed. And Monday, we talked about how God... Uh, calls us to an enduring obedience. And then you look at Paul's life, nobody struggled like he did. I mean, there's nobody that I know, I don't know of any other story of anybody who went through the torture, 
and the the all the trials that Paul went through, and yet he didn't quit. He didn't give up. He just kept obeying. And uh, remember, we looked at the uh, verse in uh, Job twenty three twelve that that basically says that no matter what happens, he says, I've not departed from the commandment of his lips. In other words, no matter what bad has happened in my life, I've still treasured the words of his mouth more than what I have. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. I've treasured God's word more than what I've lost is what it amounts to. And a lot of times, David, let's be honest. When we go through a difficult time and we lose something, don't we tend to focus on the loss? Absolutely. Instead of the opportunity yeah. that's there. And, you know, when you say that, when, when you say all that about Paul, and when we read and learn all this in Acts, it gives new weight to a verse like what Paul writes, our light and momentary troubles are achieving <laughs> yeah, for does. us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. When you read that verse by, the, by itself, it's powerful. But when you read it in light of knowing what Paul went through and he still considers what he's gone through light and momentary. Um, it, it, it be, takes on even more weight. It absolutely yeah. does. And that's in second Corinthians four, by the way, 16 is, is where that reference David was talking about. Well, we, we talked about that on Monday, this enduring obedience on, I mean, uh, and, and on Tuesday, we talked about a biblical obedience and I want to make the distinction you know, people would say, if, if you would have seen Paul before his Damascus road experience, you'd have said he was a religious man. No question he was a religious man, a zealous religious man. The problem was he did not know the one true living God. Mm -hmm. He was doing all these things in his life that were religious, that, that would seek to advance his view of religion. And you would go, well, he knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, he didn't. He knew about that God, but he didn't know that God. When that God appeared in front of him, he goes, who are you, Lord? He didn't know him. Right. And so he did not have a biblical obedience. His obedience was a blind obedience yeah. to the wrong God. Right. And so uh, a biblical obedience, though, happened after Damascus. And that's where Paul then goes out. And he's representing the one true God. And he talks about a suffering servant, a suffering Messiah. And most Jews weren't believing in a suffering Messiah. They weren't looking for a suffering Messiah. They were looking for a king, somebody that would kick Rome out, right. not somebody that was going to be crucified by Rome. And so Paul is, is going and he's speaking about Jesus. And by the way, in verse 23, I didn't I don't know if I said this yesterday. It's a lot like 1 Corinthians 15 when when it, he says this is a first importance that he died and was resurrected and he's a light for the Jews and the Gentiles and when Festus heard this, I really believe there was their conviction and he goes, "Paul, you're out of your mind." I mean, think about it. He just blurts that out, "Paul, your great learning is driving mm -hmm. you crazy." Because Paul is being obedient to the prophets and the law, to the word of God and the plan that God has laid it out, but he never saw it prior to Damascus. Mm. Well, you know, when you were talking about that, again, I, it made me think of Jesus encountering the Pharisees, and the Pharisees say, Abraham is our father. Mm -hmm. 
And Jesus says, no, if Abraham was your father, you'd believe in me. And that's exactly and right. then And then he says, no, the devil is your father. <laughs> yeah. So Paul, prior to his encounter with Jesus on the road, had the devil as his father, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's you know, it, it, striking to say that, even for me to hear myself well, say not, that. No, but when you say it, it's, but, it sounds very offensive. And, right? and yet we know, based on what Scripture teaches, let's put it this way, that Paul was elect— he just didn't know it yet. <laughs> well, well, he he definitely was elect, but to your point, prior to the road to Damascus, he was obeying. He was obeying the wrong yeah, God. He that's was right. Not following Jesus, and so it wasn't a biblical obedience. Yep. And so now today we're looking at verses twenty six through thirty two, and this call for an evangelistic obedience, not not evangelical. Yeah. Evangelical kind of means, and people say that they they use the words interchangeably. But you remember, evangelistic comes from evangelist or evangel, which is good news, right. and and that phrase comes from euangelion, which Paul talks about in Romans ten. But blessed are the feet of those that bring good news. If you go back to Isaiah, it tells you what the good news is: it's salvation, peace and that our God reigns. Mm. And so it's an obedience that wants people to know that they can know the one true living God through Jesus Christ, and they can walk in obedience to his kingdom commands. Um, they can do it because the Spirit of God lives in them. And so I'm going to have you read verses 26 through 32, and then we're going to kind of talk about that the next segment. Okay, so this is Acts chapter 26, verses 26 through 32. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe in the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king rose and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, this man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. May so, God bless the reading of his word. Yeah, so the, this is the word of God that David just read. And what it's saying is, if you come in there and you go, well, what is, what is he talking about when he says, do you believe? Well, right before that, Agrippa had said, you're crazy, Paul. You're great learning. And he says, no, I know Agrippa believes. He, he, he is the king of the Jews. I know he knows. Now, I want to take you back to Acts chapter 9. And Acts... Chapter 9, uh, verse 15, when Paul is with Ananias, and Ananias is afraid, the Lord said to him, he's a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And now he's before mm -hmm. King Agrippa. Yep. God's word is being fulfilled, and, and he goes, I know you believe. He's saying, I know you believe this. This stuff wasn't done in a corner. It wasn't done in secret. Like in a lot of places, 
they would do it secretly like magicians or revelations, secret revelations. That's why we need to be careful today, people who say they have, quote, a revelation from God. How do you verify a revelation from God? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's new revelation. If it's And the Bible says anybody that adds to this, the curses of this book will be on them. Yep. So you better be very careful when you say, God told me to tell you to do this, or God said this to me. Because you're speaking authoritatively there, and God's given us his word already right. that does that. We are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. And uh, we're glad you're with us. Hope you'll stay with us through the break and come back on the other side to SWAT Radio. This is Seeking Him with Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. Do you want a successful life in ministry? Then expect God to give you some desert experiences. Jesus had a powerful earthly ministry. Luke 4 tells us that he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. There's something important there. When it says he returned to Galilee, where was he returning from? From the desert. This successful ministry came after Jesus faced danger, loneliness, and temptation for 40 days in the desert. God had been preparing Jesus for his earthly ministry during this difficult time. Maybe it feels like you're in a desert, what seems like a hopeless, never-ending situation. Can I encourage you? God may be fitting you for future service. He may want to use your life message in a powerful way. So trust Him and let Him prepare you for what lies ahead. With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. There's some delays because of a crash on the East Beltway on 295 northbound at the ramp to Beach Boulevard. Also, there's a multi-vehicle accident on the Arlington Expressway eastbound at the MLK Parkway. Partly cloudy tonight, low 63. Thursday, partly sunny, high 84. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary. Happy to be with you here from Jacksonville, Florida on Wednesday afternoon. It is the 25th of April, and uh, we are here on SWAT Radio, and we're talking about Acts chapter 26, verses 19 to 32. And this week, uh, the three main points we've been looking at uh, is that God calls us to an enduring obedience. That would be in verses 19 to 21. God calls us to a biblical obedience as outlined in verses 22 to 25. And then today we're looking at the fact that God calls us to an evangelistic obedience. And that would be verses 26 to 32. And Doug, I know that's where you left off before the break talking about Paul saying to Agrippa, look, I know you believe, I know these things weren't done in secret. I know you do. I mean, he makes the statement, that's a bold witness, right? He's, he's telling, he tells him these things hasn't, they haven't been done in secret. It's not like a, a a lot of times magicians or charlatans or, you know, people trying to con people, 
would try to say, hey, come over here. Only a select group can hear this. <laughs> you know, we're going to. No, all this has been done out in the open. And he goes, I know you believe in. And Herod says, do you think you're going to persuade, persuade me in such a short time? Paul goes, hey, short, long, it don't matter. Um, I, I just hope God converts all of you. Mm. His whole purpose is to not get free, but it's to free these people. Yeah. I, I And again, I apologize that I don't know where it is off the top of my head, but I, but I know that Paul said at one point, that he would blot his own name out of the book of life if he could, well, for the sake of his brothers, well, he for the sake of his Rome, countrymen. Romans yeah. 9. For it's the sake of the Jews. Romans 9, he said, if I could be a curse for these my yeah. brothers, that they may come in. Yeah, that, that reminds me of that when he says that here, that, that you know, whether it's short or long, I would I would want everyone to become like me. To except be, for the chains. To be saved, except for the chains. That's <laughs> but, right. But isn't it interesting that Paul, you got to remember where he's at. He's in chains in prison garb. He's been wearing for two years in front of a bunch of high and mighty people. Mm. All the people that think they're free are chained. The one who is physically chained is free. Right. He's not concerned about his life. He doesn't care if they take his life because that's a promotion to him to die as gain. Yeah. And so, and here's the, 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 the really interesting thing about it all. Agrippa and Bernice get up and walk out. And they basically say, Paul's innocent. He could have been set free. So let's go back to Acts 23. The Pharisees, Paul is innocent. Acts 23, Claudius Lysias, Paul is innocent. Acts 24, Felix, Paul is innocent. Mm. Acts 25, Festus, Paul is innocent. Paul says, I've done nothing wrong. No sedition, no rebellion, no treason, only Jesus. Jesus is the only thing they can really convict him of. That is such a convicting thing, David, because when you look at our lives today, wouldn't it be great if somebody tried to arrest you and have some kind of false charges on you, and the only thing they could come up with in all their scouring was this guy just really wants to tell people about Jesus. Mm. That's that that is an evangelistic obedience, a burden that says, you know what? Uh I I just want you to know Jesus. Mm. And that's who that's what Paul's heart was. He could have been set free, but they said that. If he hadn't appealed to Caesar, he he would have been set free. Mm-hmm. But Paul didn't care about freedom. Right. He cared about the gospel going out. Yeah. So I I believe as we look at our culture, we need to be guarded against elevating freedom above proclamation. Mm. Mm. What if we all had the attitude that Paul had? Yeah. What if we had the attitude about proclaiming the gospel? Um, Let people bring the charges against us. Let people come against us well it's convicting when you say the words and we talk about it like this it's convicting to me because i'm i've been guilty plenty of times in my life where i I didn't really care about whether or not somebody else believed right i mean i mean i would always say that i cared but inside and in my actions there's probably been plenty of times where i didn't care and not only that but where i had the thought because somebody aggravated me 
well, you'll get yours. You know, God will take care of you, that kind of thing. Of course. God's going to yeah. strike you, you whitewash wall. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, not not recognizing at all yeah. that I'm in the same boat apart from God's mercy and grace that I, I would be being struck <laughs> and I'd be the whitewashed wall. And I really believe, David, that for two years, Paul sat and thought about what he said to the high priest. Mm, yeah. He sat in that prison and thought about that. Um, you know, um, when uh, you look at Mark 16, the end of Mark, Jesus said, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Who would have really planned an evangelistic outreach to Herod Agrippa II, hmm. to Festus, to Felix? Right. But yet Paul sees this as an opportunity. In 1 Peter 3, Peter writes, but in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is inside of you. So think about Paul, what he went through. What would have been our attitudes had we been in front of Felix? I, I find nothing wrong with this man, but I'm going to keep him in prison. Mm -hmm. Two years. Right. Festus brings us out, and we go now. I, I want you to go in front of Agrippa. We didn't have to go in front of Agrippa. We had already appealed to Caesar. But he says, okay, here's another opportunity. And Paul was ready to give a defense. John 15, 8 says, By this is my Father glorified, that you bear fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Paul's heart was to share the gospel. If you go back, remember where it started back in Acts 20, 21, 22, Paul shared on the staircase of the Antonio Fortress. Remember, the soldiers are carrying him. He goes, hey, hey, wait a minute. Do you, I, do you mind if I say something to him? And they let him. Yeah, and they let him, and he starts sharing. And then they took him. They said, maybe we'll bring him to the Sanhedrin. He goes in the Sanhedrin and in front of the Sanhedrin guys, and he shares. He shares the gospel with Felix. He shares the gospel with Festus and now Agrippa. His life mission was about sharing the gospel. In Romans 10.1, he says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Mm. That was his burning desire. And quite frankly, David, it is easy for us to lose sight of that in the culture we live in where we just get so distracted with our circumstances. And really, is there anything in your life that has been worse than what Paul's gone through? Anything? No. Even one of his beatings. Like, no. you've never had your back torn no. open, right? No. No. Not even close. I mean, and, and, and you know, we've been talking with my wife about that and others that, you know, there is so much going on that is concerning in the culture. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed by that and to focus on that and to lose sight of God is in control, mm -hmm. right? And to lose sight of God has always cared for us and taken care of us. He's always kept his promises. Now, again, we talk a lot about this. It, it, it His plan might not be what we think it should be, Yeah. <laughs> but, but he never fails on his promises. And I think that's part of the devil's plan, right? Is to distract us with all these, with all these other things that are going on, right? Yeah, and you know, and if you look in our country, um, like, you know, a lot of times it's easy to get discouraged. 
sure. because you don't see responses. I, I remember I've had uh, Rick Arnold on here one time. Rick was over uh, overseas in Africa. 25 years among the Muslims. Yeah. No converts. Right. I mean, can you imagine? No. I, Every day you get up and your goal is to share with these people to lead them. And you go and you just keep hoping and keep hoping 25 years, 25 years. And finally, in 25 years, he, he gets a convert. There are a few con- people start coming to faith in Christ and he starts building into him. But on the surface, if you would, if you would use most church growth strategies and most evangelism strategies, everybody would see that as a colossal failure. Mm, yeah. Well, and we, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the reminder. We remind ourselves, right? We remind each other rather of the fact regularly that the results are not up to us, yeah. right? We are called to be faithful and. The, you know, we talk about the pressure being off us because the results are, are God's um, prerogative. The results are God's territory. But with that said, boy, that would be tough yeah. <laughs> to be 25 years ministering like that and to not have any converts. That would be, I would feel some discouragement and disappointment for sure. Yeah, and you know, um, a lot of times people are discouraged about sharing the gospel because of they feel shame, they feel guilty and uh, i remember the other day i was with a guy on the range and i was i, I was getting frustrated with him because i was telling him to do something and he wasn't doing it and i'm going come on keep it back keep it back keep it back he goes i feel like i'm being yelled at like a teacher yelling at a kid who's being bad <laughs> and i said i'm sorry i just all i want you to do is do this one thing right right, right. well it's the same thing with evangelism a lot of people they feel guilty because they know they should. When we come back, we'll get into that a little bit. What can we do to encourage evangelism, mm. pastors, leaders, and even other believers? How yeah. do we encourage them? Well, that'll be a good topic to review here on SWAT Radio. So we ask you to come on back after the break, and we will be here. And uh, glad you're with us on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Not too long ago, a friend of mine snapped a photo of me at my desk. I had three computers running, I was talking on the phone, and texting on my cell, all at the same time. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. You probably have moments like that too. Technology can run your life, and it's never more true than for your teen. So, have you stepped out of your digital world lately to connect with your teen? 
Have you made a date this week to have coffee with your daughter or take your son to the driving range? I'm not one to discourage the use of technology, but keep it in its place. This time, turn the cell phone off and take some time for eye-to-eye communication with your teen. Want more parenting help from Mark Gregston? Find encouragement through articles, books, and more at parentingtodaysteens.org. The Florida Georgia Truth Network and Ocean Way at 91.7. to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary of His Light Ministries for our last segment here on Wednesday afternoon on uh, on SWAT Radio. And we are looking at Acts chapter 26 and specifically looking at these last few verses of the chapter and talking about an evangelistic obedience that God calls us to. And Doug, you were starting to say before the break you wanted to maybe talk a little bit about how can we be more evangelistic in our what, obedience. Well, listen, you bring, up, you bring up a good point, too, that um, it's not our job to get people to respond. And we forget that. Yeah. Uh, now, should we give people an invitation to respond? I believe we should. If they're, if they're listening and if they if they're seem like they're tracking with us, uh, we should be sensitive and I, I think uh, as we share with people, I don't know, I believe, I don't just think it, I believe it, that we always give some an invitation to some kind of response. It doesn't matter even if you just give one element of the gospel, you invite them to, to go a little further. Hey, do you have a Bible? Mm-hmm. Do, or, do you do you have a Bible you can read and understand? Because my first question for people is always at the end of sharing anything, whether it's a minute or five minutes, is, hey, do you have a good Bible that you can read? And uh, the response is either, yeah, I do, I just don't read it, or, yeah, I have one, but I don't really understand it. It's kind of uh, the old King James Version. And listen, there's nothing wrong with the old King James Version at all. I, I grew up studying, memorizing that. It was written in the 1600s, mm-hmm. and so uh, the language has changed a lot in 400 years, right? Four or 500 years, and so to to write it a little differently, it doesn't change the translation. Right. I mean, I mean the 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 actual meaning, but it does make it more readable for somebody. So I encourage people. Hey, uh, you know, I'd love to send you a readable. One, if you're having a problem with the old King's English, mm-hmm. uh, send to either ESV or NASB. And uh, those are two good translations that are accurate to the uh, original text. But I ask him, I just give him, let me encourage you to start reading and ask you to read maybe the book of Mark. Mm-hmm. You can read the whole book of Mark twice in a month Yep. and, and ask these two questions. What does it say about God? What does it say about mankind, me? Mm-hmm. 
And and really, if you just will ask God, God, help me understand this about Jesus, go to and read it. Then you've given him an invitation to a response. Right. And you don't have to feel the weight of get. See, I grew up being told I had to get him over the finish line. Mm-hmm. You're not really doing evangelism if you don't get them to pray a prayer with you. Yep. And I don't really see Jesus doing that. I mean, Jesus didn't even lead the thief on the cross in a prayer. You know it? Right. He didn't. Right. The thief said, hey, would you remember me? That's his prayer. Mm -hmm. Would you remember me? He didn't ask Jesus in his heart. That's not even biblical. Right. You can't find anywhere in the scripture where it says, ask Jesus to come into your heart. That's something we have attached to it. In fact, Jesus asked more people to follow him than to pray a prayer. Yeah. And so it was just, hey, come be with me. And the the disciples were with him. And then when they were with him, he goes, uh, are you still wanting to stay with me? Right. When it right. got hard, don't you want to leave too? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, this may be this may be a conversation for another program, but even the verse in, in, in Revelation, right, where Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's written. He's speaking to believers. That's believers. That's yeah. not even unbelievers. That, that's not. Much. That's not. Now it doesn't mean that you can't use the principle. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but but you know another verse that's taken out of context is where two or three are gathered, I'm there also. Mm-hmm. That's in the context of discipline. Yeah. That's yeah. in the context of a church or a brother having an a, an offense against another brother mm-hmm. and how you deal with it. Yeah. But the principle is, yeah, if, if God's people are there, his spirit's there, right? Right. So as far as evangelism, oh, one of the things we got to do is talk about it. If we don't talk about it, you can almost be assured that people aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about uh, sharing it in a boastful way, but sharing stories, right? Right. We should be sharing stories of success, and stories of failure and success is not determined whether they go over the line. Success is whether, Hey, I got a chance to share today. I had this opportunity. Right. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I was with a guy today and I was doing a transaction thing. We were doing something together and I, I don't know this person very well, but I was telling them about SWAT radio and they asked me about guests we have on. So he said, the question was, who was my favorite guest? And so I told him about Chris Carrier, the story of the five, fifth grader who was stabbed and shot and left in the Everglades to die. Mm. He was kidnapped, survived days out in the Everglades. That alone is a miracle. Yep. But then the bigger miracle is he goes back 30-something years later to the guy that did it before he dies, tells him he forgives him, leads that guy to faith in the Lord, shares the gospel with him, and is the only person ministering to that guy in the last weeks of his life. That is such a picture of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I was sharing this with this young guy, and he's just going, wow. Now, I didn't ask him to pray a prayer with me, but he heard the story of Jesus lived out in a guy named Chris Carrier. Right, right. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm glad you said that. I, I think sometimes, and, and and maybe others who are listening feel this way, because I know sometimes I do, and again, this is not to say that I'm out there, you know, having 10 opportunities a day and, and, and sharing Jesus 10 times a day. I'm not implying that in any way, shape, or form, but sometimes I think I have a tendency to not talk to other brothers or sisters about those kind of experiences because I don't want to come off like, 
the right hand is letting the left hand know what it's doing. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think I'm glad you're bringing it up because I think there is, there's a difference between talking about it in order to encourage each other versus talking about it in a boastful way. And, 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 you know, I would obviously always want to do the former to encourage. Um, but I think you're right. I think we do need to talk about it and talk about, talk about ways we did it, right? Talk about, you know, I have a, you know, our good buddy Scott, uh, from SWAT and he and I play golf a lot and we've had opportunities and I give him much more credit than me in this. Um, uh, although I don't want to give him too much credit cause I'll never hear the end of it, but, <laughs> but, uh, that's not true. Um, you know, we're playing all these rounds of golf and we're just like, how can we, and, and you know, you, when you get paired up with another twosome, you find out something about them, right? You hear a little bit about their life and this and that. And then they'll inver inevitably they'll ask, well, how did you guys meet? <laughs> and we get to say, well, we met at this Bible study called SWAT. And, uh, you know, we start to talk about that. We've invited guys and, and, and we've prayed with guys at the end of rounds and, and, uh, it's been a, it's been a great experience, but, but taking everyday occurrences when you're out in the world and finding ways to be creative and, and, and like you said, tell, tell the story, tell the story of Jesus or, or and it, it doesn't always have to be the same. It doesn't have to be the four points, you know, that we exactly that we went over, you know, in the Philippines or, or, or other, at other times, but it can be just what God's done for us. Well, listen, there's nothing wrong with having a plan. My no, mom, no, not at my all. My mom had four or five Bibles and every Bible she had the plan of salvation written out for her to go to just to read to somebody or to share yeah. with somebody. It was just there yeah. to be prepared. And you know, one of the things that happens is when we share the gospel with other people, we're reminded of our own salvation. And there's something that really is encouraging to me to be reminded of what God did in my mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. that God would take me a selfish, self-led man who, who's not loving my family, who's loving myself more and just going down a road of destruction. And God says, no, I have a good plan for you. You are my child. I'm going to redeem you, bring you out of the darkness. Like Peter says, into the light and then send you back into the darkness as a vessel of light mm -hmm. to help other people like you. Well, if he sends us back out as a vessel of light, but we ain't shining nobody. We want to stay around the lights. Yeah. That's a problem, right? We, we need to be around people. David, that's why I love teaching people uh, firearm safety. That's why I love uh, playing basketball or right. golf or right. having outlets that you can be out there in the world i'll tell you a great place to do evangelism is on craigslist or on marketplace you meet people hey what do you do oh great what do you do um well um are you a person of faith mm -hmm. just throw that out there right in the middle of a conversation whoa that might be a, and you don't know how they respond i've never had anybody respond bad to that yeah or or to what you've said before you know how can i pray for you very rarely will someone say no Sometimes they will, but if you say to somebody, whether it's a server in a restaurant or somebody at the end of a golf round, like, or, or what, can, Hey, you told me about the problem your kids are having, your kid is having on during the round. You mind if I pray for you about that? Almost always people will say yes. And then 
we can be evangelistic in our prayer. Yeah, yeah, we can. But you you said something in the break that really struck me. That, you know, 10 years ago, you didn't have any good male relationships that were with believers, yeah, right? Not, 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 not solid not, not ones. Not to this right, one, Jeff. Right. But now you can't imagine life without it. Right. That's a great, hey, I, I go, I'm a part of a group. You know, I'm a part of SWAT or I'm a part of another Bible study right. and stuff. So anyway, there's lots of ways to get in there. Hey, tomorrow, Virgil Walker, Virgil Walker of Just Thinking Podcast. David will be back on Friday with Jerry Roush. You guys will have fun on both days. I hope y'all are tuned in. Right? Yeah, great, great being here with you today, Doug. I'll be at a couple minutes late and I uh, hope you'll tune in tomorrow. And on Friday for Jerry and I, and we'll we'll uh, enjoy being with you. That's your on first party today, by the way. There